there's this guy that keeps like walking past who's been hanging around in the back of the call. This is Dead Scared Entertainment taking over Romanistan. Fellow listeners, there is no mistake in what you have encountered. Tonight, I tell you. Did you hear that? Because I'll kill myself. From the deep fathoms beyond this world, you will be chilled to the bone. And believe me. He knew that I knew that I was seeing him. In our way of kicking off this spooky season, we welcome you to a world of horrors from this world and the next. So here is... The Romanistan Podcast. This is not even a joke. I had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I was having such trouble breathing, I was like, I think I need to make peace with my God. Welcome to Romanistan. We're your friendly neighborhood gypsies. I'm Paulina. And I'm Jez. And today we are here again with one of our very favorite Romani conglomerates, Dead Scared Entertainment with Pearson Raquel. Yay! Long time no see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been years. <laughs> We're doing a double feature recording session. So we were just on Dead Scared Entertainment moments ago, and now we're doing a Romanistan feature. We're so excited. Best night ever. Yes. Honestly, really. Definitely I... needed, especially now during the spooky season. We should have dressed up. Yeah, we should. Oh, God. That would be. Oh, my God, guys. We could totally do that. We could dress up and then we could release it like that episode on our Patreon one day. That would be so yes. cute. I'm down. <laughs> So we're Desk Entertainment. It's a family-owned Romani business between my sister Raquel and I. And what we do is we specialize in telling nostalgic horror stories with our Romani culture being like the lens that we use when creating, whether that be illustrations, whether that be creating short stories, short films, the podcast that we run, Over da Darno, and eventually even going into music as well. Right now, we just finished our podcast episode of Over da Darno, uh, The Wagon of Fear, translated from Romani into English. And that podcast is essentially, it takes you between accounts from like 
actual Roma, their experiences just like on a daily basis, as well as their spooky experiences. And in particular, this season, season three, we're coining it beyond the caravan. So essentially, not only are we speaking with some of our favorite Roma, whether that be family or like you are like in this case, like Romanistan, we're also opening it to different businesses, spooky businesses here in Chicago, as well as some of our friends that work with bats, because that's a huge part of Descare Entertainment's like core values and goals is bat conservation, rescue and rehabilitation as well. So that's a little bit about us. That's so awesome. I didn't know that y'all were talking to bat conservationists too. That's so cool. I can't wait. Oh yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. When is your uh, third season of Overte Tarno dropping first? Is it already in production or? It's in production. We are probably going to be releasing the next or the first episode coming next week, actually. So we're recording this on the 17th at this point. So probably sometime next week, we'll be Mm -hmm. releasing our first episode. So that's going to be a pretty, we're going to come out with a bang. We're working with the, or we talked with the Austin Bat Refuge, which has a huge following on Instagram in particular. So if you like cute bats, go and check them out. Go. They're sky puppies. (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) Actually, I want to tell a really quick story about a bat. I might have already told you this about my friend whose friend was setting bats for a little while. Did I? Why not? So this is just one of the cutest things I've ever heard. And I'm hearing it like third hand. But basically, one of my friend's friends was in grad school studying bats. And one of her assignments was that she had to sit in a cave with night vision, totally in the dark, just one chair, silent for hours. So she could observe the bats once they got used to her doing their bat things. And she was waiting and waiting and she didn't see any bats. And she's like, I don't understand. Like, where are all the bats? And then she looked under her chair and they were all huddled under her chair like, hi. Because <laughs> they did not forget about her. And they were like, this is our new friend. <laughs> wow. I just thought that was so cute because they love to be really close. Like, they're really snuggly. <laughs> like, oh, oh, they are. That's Honestly. Yeah, there there are a lot of cuddle buddies, especially this the cave dwelling species, whatever those are. They love to just like cuddle all together. So yeah, that's an awesome little story. <laughs> I thought it was adorable, and we're actually here to hear your stories. And so, um, as our listeners might remember, we had you on. Let's see, season two, and the episode is called "Dead Scared Entertainment: A Romani Horror Media Company." And so, if you want to hear more about Overte Tarano and the kind of work that DSE does, definitely listen to that. But we are here for our annual spooky season, campfire crackling kind of energy of hearing scary stories told by Romani people. Who would yeah. like to start? <laughs> Raquel, why don't you go for it in this case? Oh no. Um, this the car thing okay when it gets to the car thing we'll both tell like both sides of it because that was what i was going to tell about i was going to have two like two stories but go ahead well i will say this i'm scared of a lot of things as you guys know i'm a huge scaredy cat forever signing the cross and i want holy water next to me like all the time so things scare me on a daily basis like anything you know but i will say the time i i maybe was most scared or like you know how you watch things on tv or you hear of things happening and you're like oh that will never happen to me 
and then it happens to you and you're like am i alive or am i dead right now so one day i was cooking in the kitchen with my mother and in our kitchen there's a fridge next to the pantry and the fridge covers the doorway of the pantry so you can't see looking in when you walk into the house that there's another room in the back so i was standing at the stove and the stove's kind of like 10 feet away from the pantry right and it kind of looks directly at it but you see the fridge first so the house was jumping obviously we live with eight of our relatives so this house is constantly there's you know people always upstairs downstairs you hear noise all the time and this was just another sunday cooking and i remember my grandfather came up and I uh, like kind of moved out of the way so I positioned myself while I was like stirring the pot on the stove to look towards the refrigerator and out of the blue this face pops from like peeks itself from the side of the refrigerator and for a second I thought like, you know, like when you're picturing things in your head and you'll see them for a split second and they're, then they're gone, it didn't go away. And this wasn't like the hat man coming for me. You know what I mean? It was an actual real face human that was peeking out and, and looking at me. How and did his face look? So I was just guy, about to say. So but yeah, so, like, I remember this story. So this guy, first of all, don't tell me if you've seen it because I don't want to know if you saw it again. Okay, I'll kill you. I did. This, <laughs> <laughs> so this this guy was bald, and he was really tall. You can tell he was tall because of the way that he peeked himself from the side of the refrigerator. You can tell that he was kind of like like leaning and squatting. And he was super white. He had kind of bushy eyebrows, brown eyes, a really thick and dark mustache, no beard. And he was wearing black pants, shoes, like, and I couldn't see his body, but I know like what he was wearing for some reason. I just knew what, how he looked. And he had this Dago on, or yeah, like a Dago on. It was like a just simple white shirt, but it, he literally looked like if he was from the Peaky Blinders back at, during that era. And he made a face at me. If he was like a like a circus performer, kind of he Do looked. The Do the face. He went like. <laughs> Do the roar. He literally. He went like, <laughs> like that Shrek. Oh, that gives me like, ugh, like a gross feeling. Oh my God. It, he knew that I knew that I was seeing him, you know? Mind you, there was like six of us in the kitchen. And I was, I guess, the only one looking that way. And as soon as I saw it, I couldn't breathe and I couldn't talk. And my grandfather was in front of me, and my brother was aside from me, my younger brother. And my brother was like, 
what's wrong? Like, are you okay? So then I, like, I literally busted out crying, and I was screaming for my father, who was in the bedroom. And my father came out, and everybody was just looking at, like, whatever, and I was trying to explain myself, because I just couldn't breathe. It was just too... It was something like if I thought, I genuinely thought somebody broke in the house. That's how realistic this was. And everyone was like, we got to say the rosary. We're going to bless the pantry. You know what I mean? So, of course, we did that. And I couldn't sleep for the longest time. And then the next couple days after that, my cousin texted me a movie. I think it's like the Great Bronson or something or like Bronson. It wasn't Bronx Tale. Oh, with Tom Hardy, right? With Tom Hardy. It looked exactly like this dude mixed with, like, my grandma's father. Like, I can't even explain it. So it was like, did I envision this human being in the future? Did I know that this was, like, I was going to see this or have this picture in my brain? Or, like, how did the occurrence even come about, if that makes sense? I don't know. Anywho, yeah, that had happened, and that was definitely, yeah, that that's that that stuck with me. That one, the face that you made too, it almost looked kind of because you like sucked in your cheeks a little bit and kind of yeah. to the side, like it looked kind of cheeky, like it was like oh, it was, it you was, see me? yeah, well, literally, that was literally the face. It was like I gotcha, like I know you oh. see me. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know when I listen to so many spooky podcasts, it's so fun. Sometimes people are talking about maybe it's a ghost. Other times people think it's like a parallel dimension kind of sliding doors situation. Like Mm -hmm. you were saying it felt almost more futuristic. Like what do you feel like that was? Did that feel like ghostly or did it feel more paranormal? paranormal if that's a different thing I'm not sure it wasn't like if it was something because normally I relate like paranormal things like something's coming to 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 kill me and attack me or you know what I mean harm me in some sort of way it's evil but this didn't feel evil to me it was almost like like it had this theatrical sort of sense to it to where it was like a Coraline situation. I'm very big on animation, cartoons. Of course, my brother's an animator, but I love children's movies and things. I do too, yeah. So that's the only way that I could relate <laughs> my experiences. Coraline um, was a spooky movie. Yeah, it yeah it's pretty it's, twisted. It, it is. That bedlam is scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they like watch Coraline on repeat and I'm like I'm here for it (laughs) your kids watch Coraline on repeat repeat yeah they love it they're just over and over again they're obsessed Coraline (laughs) and Paranorman are like oh yeah I haven't seen that oh my god you watch that love it (laughs) I love Paranorman when you're done with this you got a five five minutes that's not a five minute movie Uh, (laughs) you have a couple hours to yourself watch Paranorman I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear your story. I re- okay. <laughs> I, let me put it this way. Is there anything? Because if anything, well, I'll, I'll tell like maybe one and then maybe we'll. Yeah, maybe you kind of got to make it quick. But... I, okay. Sorry, well, I was long, guys. No, that's. Oh, that's... no, you're good. All right. 
So I'll, I'll preface it with this. From a little boy, I've always felt very much connected. I've been told even from a young age before I remember that I was seeing spirits, seeing angels, seeing and, and hearing things from past loved ones. I was very much open to sort of like other realms outside of our own. Whether again, blessing or curse depends on the day. But with that being said, all I can say is that we also live in a house or the land that we live on is the oldest plot of land in our neighborhood. This used to be a farm. This used to be farm property. And in particular, um, like where we have our set, where we're building something, a little bit of a sneak peek to what's going on in uh, DSE's world very soon. The coach house that we own was once a stable and then upstairs from that stable was a little apartment in which the landowner the farmer actually lived now when we were little kids our grandfather would joke with us and say that we better be good or far the farmer jack is going to come and get us and that the story that he told us mini story before the story was that farmer jack went out to go and milk his cow one night and that while he was milking the cow um the cow kicked the pitchfork that was near him and the pitchfork went in his eye and it killed him. And then ever since then, since he died in the farm, he haunts the land. And he used to mess with us and tell us this all the time. And that kind of goes into the whole reason why I love spooky stories too, because I, I thought it was fun. We would always try to look for Farmer Jack when we were younger too. The one story that I would like to tell you guys is because of just this, this plot of land, you can tell there's a lot of history to it. and. The vibe that I get from it, and it's very much important within the realm of whenever I do readings for other people, or if I'm just in general, if I'm just trying to meditate, it's very important that I do a lot of more or less like spatial cleansing, a lot of protection within either meditation, prayer, whatever. Like I always prep myself before, and I always like to close it out as well, because this house has a very thick air at times when it comes to presences. And with this being said, one night, because working as an animator or working in the creative field in general means you're burning the midnight oil all the time. So for me, like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock is like my midday. So one night, I'm going to grab a cup of coffee. And at times, you know, whenever my father can't fall asleep, we have the way that our apartment is set up is where from like my room, it's all based on one hallway. Um, you can see from this one hallway all the way down the house and I my room kind of spouts out off of that or sprouts off of that so I look out down the hallway and I see this figure in the living room just kind of standing and I know my father when sometimes when he's tired he'll walk around for a little bit or he'll sit in the living room until he's ready to go back to bed and I remember this particular night saw like my father what was supposed to be my father I'm guessing standing in the living room I'm like dad are you okay dad what's going on and i'm saying it pretty loud no response and i can feel the presence looking at me and i feel like there's connection there's obviously some type of connection going on we recognize each other and then i keep saying it and i got a little louder i'm like dad why won't you answer me so then i hear from my parents bedroom he goes like out of his sleep he's like pierce what's wrong i look back and this man is gone now I've been told on multiple occasions, even when I'm on the phone with clients, uh, like on a FaceTime, hey, are, you, are is there any family around right now? Because like there's this guy that keeps like walking past who's been hanging around in the back of the call. No. Nope. And, and sure enough, like, yeah, 
like a few of my like few of my friends in particular could attest to this and they'll say there's a figure of a man it looks like he's wearing like um like a heavy carhartt type jacket and like work pants um six foot tall something like that and that's one of many times that we saw at least i i call him farmer jack because that's that's the vibe i get from him is essentially he was the guy who used to live here um but i've had i've had friends who are even more sensitive than i and say that this house is there's eight of us now but there's probably plus another six or seven that reside here pretty pretty chill for the most part so that's i'll say that's my scary story we are good people leave us alone <laughs> that's my story if you guys want to hear more in depth of that you can definitely check out overda darano season two episode i forgot the last episode of the season destined for darkness if you want to hear some more and you really don't want to sleep But do you want to, I know I don't want to spend too much time, but do you want to talk about the trip from home from Detroit? Um, yeah, real quick. Uh, so, so we need we'll, to know all the details. <laughs> I got you. Don't rush. Don't rush. <laughs> do, you to, do you want me to preface it with why we were driving home? Yeah. Okay. So in the Romani community or our family in particular, there was one name in terms of famous musicians that really stood out. And his name was Billy Rose. Um, he was an amazing guitarist, amazing vocalist, very close family. My, he was very much like my father and Billy Rose's sons were extremely close, kept like brothers. And me growing up as a young musician, even though I played violin, he was so much of an inspiration to me musically, constantly was pushing me to practice and to keep the Romane tradition of music. I played concerts with him in Detroit, as well as in Chicago, when he came to travel for the Gypsy Jazz Fest here one year. A wonderful man, lived a long life. I forgot, I think it was he was 90 years old or 90, I forgot what how old he was, but he was in his 90s when he passed away. And this was in the middle of COVID, so we went to go to his funeral. On the way back home, because it's so hard for us to leave Detroit because of how much family we have out there. We're originally from Detroit. We decided rather than leaving during the morning as normal people would, we're like, we'll go midday, almost towards the evening. And so what if we get stuck in traffic? It's fine. It's whatever. Check the weather too. Weather seems okay. This is mid-March at the time, last year. Yeah. Mid-March last year. So we're driving and we're, we got we got fairly uh, deep into like mid Michigan at this point, and we stopped to go to the bathroom and we kind of we both got hungry, or at least we thought we were gonna eat. And then as we pull into this sort of like random ass pizza place, I think it was called the Godfather Pizza. I think so. As we pull in, we notice the sky suddenly goes from like really like bright and sunny, it starts to get really gloomy and dark, and then snow starts to fall. So we're like, oh, great. It's going to be snowing on the road. So we said, we're not even going to eat. Screw eating. Let's just get back on the road. We went to the bathroom and got it back on the road. So then if you want, you can take your from here and then I'll kind of. So we get back on the road. It gets from a light snow to extremely heavy. We're stuck in a blizzard practically. And at this time, when we stopped at the restaurant, it was already kind of sunset time. So already 15, 20 minutes in, the sky becomes black. Yep. And it 
the the snow doesn't stop. It keeps increasing as we push on. And it's slushy too. And it becomes slushy. So it's almost like rain and snow at like the same yeah. yeah, at the same time. And of course when you're driving long distance there's a lot of those like trucks or semis that are on every side of you, front, back, everything. Navigating through that with all of the snow you can't even see. And we were driving in like a very much beater car. Um, my little Bessie, my yeah, little Saturn Bessie. That and the windshield wipers don't—they they can't go that fast. So we're driving and you can't even see. So everyone has the hazard or their hazards on, and we're trying to navigate the road because all we're seeing is white, and we're looking for the like red lights, like of the other cars in front of us to navigate whether or not we're in a lane yeah or what so more or less to give you a pov imagine you're driving and even with the windshield heater a look how i'm blinking on what it's called the defroster the defroster even with the defrost on it is still like if you're looking into like a foggy mirror right out of a shower and, and no matter how much I was using my windshield, no matter how much I was going and I was wiping the windshield with my hand, moments later, the frost would be coming right back. Mind you, the Divine Mercy chaplet is on Ox. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's praying and I'm telling her, Raquel, I need you to focus on top of this so I have at least two pairs of eyes while I'm driving. I'm driving with my hands. 10 and 2 as hard as I possibly could. I'm like, you know, like that scene like in the and Batman Begins when he kind of like goes into like that battle mode. And I'm like driving with my head tucked into my fists as I'm trying to like navigate this. And I'm following the truck ahead of us because it's at least clearing a path where there's not as much sleet. So I can drive in his tire track so I'm not slipping around. And there were a couple times where the car felt like it was starting to slide. I think it slid a couple times too. It did, yeah. And we kind of somehow brought ourselves back. It was so intense because being... Now, I have perfect eyesight. She has glasses. And just seeing nothing, driving at at least about 60 miles an hour, mind you, still. And the best is there was a point in time where if you go near Jackson, Michigan, it was all one lane, just construction. So one lane going in one direction and you're surrounded by different trucks so you don't know who's going out like what's going on behind you how fast they want and then go. the snow's falling from off of the trucks into the car as the you're going because they're going fast yep. but long story short oh my gosh we end up at the toll booth and be, because of the the weather yeah. there was a truck in front of us that was stuck underneath the toll That's and right. we were stuck on the skyway for at least a half an hour That's i was right. crying oh, she i was ended up, up having a nervous breakdown i even like this is not even a joke i had a nervous breakdown after we came home after this whole situation because it was so intense and so scary it was like if such like i don't even know it was from like the wizard of oz like it was insane this is that, i'll say this i rarely get scared especially again with, with the type of stuff that we talk about but I will say, ever since that car ride home, whenever I deal with something that's rather difficult, I say, Pierce, you somehow made it out of the car on your way home from Detroit that night. You can make it through a couple more sets at the gym or but whatever the it may thing be. Is, the, the scary thing about this all is that no one 
heard about the snow. No one heard about the rain. No one even knew that this was going on. Because normally you'd get a phone call, hey, there's going to be snow on your way home. There's, you know what I mean? Even afterwards, too, nothing. No one got hit with anything. It was just us coming home and this just happening. But I feel like it was like a Yakenda situation, like an evil eye situation that completely brought this on us. That was like, I thought that was the end. Yeah, there was a couple moments, I'll, I'll be honest, where I said I sat back while I was driving and I'm like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. If we make it out of this, this would be wonderful. If not, this is what a way to what a way to die. Yeah. <laughs> really. God, that's such a horrifying thought. Like yeah. you just accept death at that point. Mhm. Yeah, that is truly the scariest. I it's one of those things where I when I had covid in like March 2020 and I was in New York and it was like really bad like people were coming out of their houses on stretchers and my doctor was like you shouldn't go to the hospital unless you literally turn blue because you will probably die there because there are no beds and you're better off where you are I was having such trouble breathing I was like I think I need to make peace with my god (laughs) like I just had this moment where I was like I think I need to accept that I might die right now. It's a very different mentality from however you feel about death day to day when you're like in the most terrifying snowstorm or you're like in the midst of the plague in New York or like whatever it is where it's like, all right, here we go. (laughs) What's the next? It's terrifying. But I like that you had um, you had your prayers on in the car. I hope that helped a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Def- I feel like it definitely did. I feel like I'm I'm very spiritually connected to my God, um, so yeah. Yeah, I he allowed me to be here today to talk about this on Romani San podcast. Yay. So. Yeah. God bless. Yes. <laughs> Post nervous breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that though. It's like worse. After you survive, because you're like, then it all hits you. Like, you, all the adrenaline is, like, running around your body. Yeah. No, but I'm looking behind my shoulder because the dogs are making noises, but I'm also, like, hearing the door open. Um, and I'm like, it's that guy. That's <laughs> or something. I'm like, I could feel the hair on my back stand up. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Well, I will say I haven't seen him in a while, but you know what? Maybe, you know, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome here. So. I like my peace. Even if you come in peace, I like like zero, nothing. Thank you. Um, I want to ask you guys, what is one of the scariest stories you've ever heard? So it didn't have to happen to you, but what's something that you've heard that just, I don't know, fucks your mind up a little bit? Mm. Go ahead. because We might have the same one. Tell yours and then maybe. Okay. So our um, relative was on our, um, did you hear that? Because I'll kill myself. You're fine. <laughs> 
threats. Get me out! <laughs> it's fine. Holy fuck. <laughs> Stop it because I have my scapular next to me. <laughs> Raquel's done. Start the story. So we had one of our relatives on our podcast on season two. And she was explaining how, I'm not sure if she was around for this time or not. It was something that happened in Pennsylvania, Braddock, where a lot of our ancestors came to America and they resided there until they spread out to Chicago, New York, Detroit, Vegas, all of that was kind of their Ellis Island. And (laughs) there, I guess there was this little girl or something who had passed away or they thought that she had passed away from an illness and so they had a funeral for her she was supposed to get married she never got married so they buried her in a wedding dress and stop it's the fridge welcome welcome to my life hi (laughs) okay do you want me to say the rest while you while you can can no let me make it quicker okay um so they had a funeral for her and everything. They buried her in a wedding dress. And um, it was like a day after, a couple days after. And they, the parents of the daughter kept hearing things in their sleep. And they thought they were just dreaming or whatever. And then one day they were hearing like knocks on the door and somebody screaming the parent's name. So they open up the door in the morning and they find their daughter covered in dirt in the wedding dress on their doorstep that they just buried. And I think that will that was probably one of the scariest, most twisted things because it's not just her that have said a story like that, you know? Like it it's true. People more vulnerable people have said that before, you know? So So here's yeah, how I, we're buried alive sometimes. Yeah. 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 I'll add two little bits to that and then I'll I'll like leave it with that that story. So essentially what it was is they found out that she choked on her breakfast. It was like either a piece of bacon or something. Oh, yeah. And what happened was is she was buried in her wedding dress because her wedding was coming up very soon. And she was 16. She was very young at the time. This was at the time when 16 was the ripe age to get married. Um, And... uh, and they buried her, her with, with all, all her, her jewelry. jewelry and all her so all what happened was a couple the, of drama boys came yeah and to, they dug her grave her up to steal the jewelry and i guess by taking it whatever off of her neck, neck it dislodged it the dislodged breakfast the food and she woke up yeah Holy so shit. lesson <laughs> the lesson is from this is do not rob graves <laughs> Or maybe you should and save a life. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so pick and choose your poison at that time. Gosh. Um, that leaves... Okay, so then this leaves me with another story. It's so hard to more or less discern like the scariest thing that I've heard, just because I hear a lot. But the one thing that sticks out to me the most in terms of the scariest things that I've more or less heard was I think this was coming from my relatives on my mother's side essentially they were again majority Catholic 
but then also some were very much interested in the uh, dabbling in different things but also this was like around the early 50s so the prominence of ouija boards wasn't like at least there wasn't enough being said about them to essentially explain you know the gravity of using this particular object and what it could potentially do in that sort of sense so with that being said i remember hearing that a couple of the Roma in particular were using this Ouija board and one of my relatives was using it on a regular basis, trying to contact past loved ones. And it just got to a point that it was very much in it, almost an addiction. And then the scariest thing was from that is that this particular person, she one night was using it so much. And during one of the sessions, she completely lost her mind and started grabbing whatever money they had saved and other valuables and she was screaming just went completely ballistic and was throwing the money and the jewelry all down the tub drain saying that it was evil and that it was more or less like from that point essentially she lost her mind that was one of the scariest things i've heard honestly either that or and i'll tell another super quick one because now i'm thinking about it, i'm like this oh, kid okay. talk all day i'm sorry <laughs> this is what i'm saying so then this came from the same individual same episode a couple little money girls including the this guest that we had on we're all going out for new year's eve and they're coming back home back to the little neighborhood in braddock where they lived and on the way back they grabbed a cab and in the cab they're driving everything's fine and dandy and then they're getting towards this empty road and one of the romana girls looks down at the driver and notices that his feet weren't feet they were hooves oh wait and i think i've heard this story before you probably have i think i, I fucking I heard this before Holy okay shit. okay okay keep going so the romana so the romana girls like they all said look at his feet and they all saw this at the same time and then they noticed that this man just like suddenly he wasn't paying attention to what they were doing but they just saw his feet were hooves and at the same time they all said i forgot how they said in romanes but then in other words when he stops the car let's run eventually he slows down and they all opened the door mid-driving ran and fell into a ditch on the side of the road and just so happens that once they get out the car the car drives forward just a little bit more and there's a little sewer vent that like Pennywise is chilling in in like in the beginning of the movies or in the beginning of the story. Yeah. The car, the whole car, man and all, just sucks in and just goes right into that sewer hole and just disappears. That actually I think is the scariest thing I've heard. Yeah. yeah that is the scariest. I didn't see that part coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm like shocked. Neither did we. Heard. I've heard of the man with the hooves, though, like where they're driving, like they're trying to get somewhere and then the the man has hooves while he's driving. I fucking heard that story. That's I so funny. The man with the hooves is so popular in folklore yeah. all over. And it is just always scary because it's like whatever your concept of a devil is or a demon, like it's always terrifying to oh, meet yeah. a stranger and then all of a sudden look down and be like, oh, <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah, my grandma used to tell me, she didn't talk about the devil very much, but she would sometimes talk about the man in the woods who, if you're lost, and you should always be wary of any men you meet in the woods if you're lost, but especially if he has hooved feet, you have to get out of there. <laughs> Your grandmother was wise. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. 
Thank you guys for being on this episode. We urge our listeners to please go and listen to Overda Drano, our episode. It's going to be super, super scary if you guys are into that kind of thing. But yeah, thank you guys for being on. Yes, we're so excited for season three. Thank you for having us. (laughs) Likewise. We're we're so glad we had some time to spend with you guys and get spooky. Thank you for having us, really. It's always... Always a pleasure. You're coming, your chill. family. That's right. You guys are family. Cup of coffee and cake. Come sit for a little bit. <laughs> it's true. We love you. <laughs> love you guys too. Thank you all for joining us today on this journey of Romanistan's podcast. I would like to send you off with a quick little. Blessing. Gia cor mangav tuke bachtalotrom preco tunyaripen. Till then, I wish you safe travels through the darkness. Good night. Thank you for listening to Romanistan Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen or wherever you can give us five stars. It helps us so much. You can find us at romanistanpodcast.com where we have a blog, all of our episodes, merch, links to our Patreon, fundraiser, and social media on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Romanistan Podcast and on Twitter at Romanistan Pod. We run entirely on your support. So if you love the show, consider donating to our coffee fundraiser. That's K-O-F-I. The link, coffee.com backslash Romanistan. It's on our website. You can also subscribe to our Patreon for extra content and treats every month. Email us at romanistanpodcast at gmail.com with listener stories, requests for advice, recipes, Romani culture, language facts, and anything else you want to share. Reach out if you want to advertise with us too. We offer sliding scale for Romani, Sinti, and related businesses. So reach out. You can find me, Jez, on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook under Jasmina Vontila. Also, please check out my vintage and curiosities shop, Evil Eye Edit, on Etsy. You can find me, Paulina Rominski, on Instagram at underscore Paulina underscore V underscore and at RomaniHolistic.com. Follow my store, Romani Holistic, in Corona Del Mar, California, on Instagram at Romani Holistic. Romanistan is hosted by Jessica Reedy, aka Jasmina Vontila, and Paulina Rominski. Conceived of by Paulina Verminski, edited by Cherub, with music by Victor Pachas, and artwork by Elijah Vardo.